welcome to the Academy of General Dentistry podcast series featuring Dr. George Schmidt. Each episode features experts in the field of dentistry who share insights and inspiration to help you succeed. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We've got a fantastic show for you today as we welcome AGD President Dr. Merlin Omer. Hey, Merlin, how are you? Hey, George. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So for those that don't know Dr. Omer, Dr. Omer is a graduate of LSU Dental School, and he has served our country both in the Army and the U.S. Navy Dental Corps, where he retired as a captain after 30 years of service. From there, Merlin opened a solo practice in St. Augustine, Florida, where he practiced until 2022. A longtime member of the AGD, Dr. Omer has held many positions, including appointments to the Self-Instruction and Government Evaluation Reform Committee. He was a national spokesperson for the AGD Regional Director and Trustee for Region 20, as well as, well as being president of the Florida AGD. So Merlin, first, I mean, first and foremost, I really just want to thank you for your service uh, to the country. I mean, uh, it's it's a great sacrifice, and and I'm I'm just going to speak on behalf of all of our membership and all, all of everyone to uh, to thank you for that. Oh, well, thanks. It was my pleasure, really. I had a great time and enjoyed it. So you know, I got to so I got to ask you this because because I've been wondering this, and we'll stick with that. Um, so how do you go from the army to the navy? Because I know, I mean, I've watched a lot of football over the years, and there's a big Army-Navy game. It's a big rivalry. So how did that all work out? So I started off in dental school on a scholarship program, and that happened to be with the Army. So I had three years of reserve time in the Army while I was in dental school, did three years active duty time in the Army, left active duty, did another seven, and the reserve component in the army while I was in practice and then decided I wanted to go back on active duty and realized that the army had some less than optimal locations for their duty station. So um, I want to try something else and I ended up with the Navy and thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, you, you make a good point there because we had, uh, when we were at scientific session in, uh, in Las Vegas, we had army Colonel Pete Guevara on and he, you know, he mentioned some of the challenges that they had, you know, in army and working remotely and things like that. So, so, uh, and he talked a little bit about his experiences there. Tell us a little bit about Navy dentistry and how does that, how does that all work? Well, Navy dentistry is a little bit different than the other services because so many of the Navy personnel, so many of our sailors are on ships, places with no access to routine dental care. And uh, most of the ships don't even have, they don't have a physician on board either. They have a, uh, what they, what's called an independent duty corpsman, which uh, is somebody that's gotten a, a few extra months of training after they go to core school to function independently like that. So it's very poor form to have to uh, air, air evac, hel you know, helicopter off a sailor because they have a toothache out in the middle of the ocean. And it's extremely poor form if a submarine has to surface to uh, discharge a sailor. So 
we're very particular about those members that are going out on deployment that they're that they're well taken care of and there's no issues we can predict that will pop up. So I imagine some of the larger ships, of course, aircraft carriers and things like that have got a, a, a Navy dentist on board, but that's not true for all ships then. No, the aircraft carriers have usually four, the large newer ones, sometimes put five. Uh, and then the uh, Marine troop carriers will carry one dentist on board. Uh, so just the larger population ships, the other ones, they, there's not room for them and it's just not needed. Yeah. And of course, for those that don't know the Navy, uh, the Navy takes care of the Marines as well. Right. And it's the, it's the Navy and the Marines. Correct. The the Marines have no integral medical or chaplain support. They get that from the Navy. All right. So, and so for some folks out there that, you know, might be considering, you know, a career in the military, whether it be Navy or army or anything like that, you know, what, what are some of the, what are some suggestions that you might be able to give them some pointers, maybe how do they go about doing that? And what can they expect? So the biggest thing I can recommend to those that want to be in the military is to be open. Your mind has to be open to uh, not the, your vision of your own private practice working in either by yourself, a very small practice or a large uh, clinic someplace. And to not necessarily get too comfortable where you are because you're going to have to move to take a different assignment in various places. And sometimes that comes hard, uh, especially, especially for those who have small children or, you know, even teenage children, they, they get a little upset because they have to move and it's understandable, but that's, that's, what goes with, I think, is a great career, a great service, uh, taking care of the active duty service members, providing them outstanding care, and also for you to get a rewarding experience where you're not just practicing dentistry eight, nine hours a day, slaving away. There's other things to do. Uh, learn how to learn how to do different things if you're stationed on a ship or other items with the Marines and and the Air Force and Army have have equally challenging little side roads that you take you can take you know if you're in the right position decide you want to learn how to jump out of an airplane you know in the Army uh, I know a lot of Army dentists that have jump wings so it's it's a varied career and you you get out of it what you put into it that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. And so if you're, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's what six or eight year commitment every time you sign up and, and how many times would you be deployed, I guess, or on a ship during that time? Are, they, are you always out there? Are you back and forth or? So, so the deployment schedule and the overseas schedule varies on what your specialty is, what they're looking for, what they need, et cetera. Um, they're, there are people that that do that. They're in the Navy. There are two dental corps officers that make the assignments for everyone. I I was very lucky to have that uh, job for a tour, and that was very very exciting and um, interesting. If you liked working with puzzles, 
I'm sure it's pretty complicated. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. You know, one of the things you mentioned was, uh, you know, of course, you know, maybe being in these, some, some of these situations, you've probably got to be very skilled in many, many, uh, many different disciplines, much like the AGD, you probably get a lot of good training when you're in the military, I would imagine as well. Yeah, you do. Uh, they encourage everyone coming out of dental school to do a PGY-1 program. And if not, usually the brand new dentist uh, is sent to someplace with a large troop population and a large clinic where there can be a period of mentorship. Because as we know, people, a graduate from any type of professional program, there's varying levels of proficiency. Now, some people are very, yeah, would be very proficient in say, in endodontics, but not in something else. And some of these initial tours are just to give you a little bit more of everything to get you proficient, where you could function and work by yourself or in a very, very small facility. I think I think even you took that ball and ran was I mean here you are the president of the AGD but if I'm not mistaken weren't you the or director of oral surgery at one of these facilities? Yes, I. The Navy does a program at some of that they use at some of the smaller facilities where they don't have enough population for a fully trained oral and maxillofacial surgeon. So I got sent to a one year. Um, program, a one-year fellowship in surgery, where it was about 80% clinical and only about 20% didactic. And that's how I was used for most of the rest of my career. Wow, that's fantastic. And so, yeah, so that's great opportunity. That's great opportunity. So speaking of education, uh, we've got another big meeting coming up this summer, right? Minneapolis, AGD 2024. July seventeenth uh, through the twentieth. So I'm sure you're as excited as I am about that. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and we were just up there uh, a couple of days ago. George looked at the facility. Uh, I think anybody who goes will be pleasantly surprised at how pretty a city Minneapolis is. I mean, we were only there for a short period of time, but we could see it's laid out very nicely. The convention center is extremely nice. It's clean, it's laid out very well, and we're not all over the place. We're in a, a small section of it and with uh, three different floors vertically. So our members, our attendees won't have to be uh, traipsing all over the place and you know doing, doing a three, five mile walk every day to get around. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, and of course, it is really nice facility. Minneapolis is a really nice city known for a lot of things, uh, including a really uh, vibrant um, restaurant scene, right? Some people don't think of it that way, but uh, but but really, it, it really is, right? Right. Uh, extremely vibrant restaurant scene. Uh, when we were there, unfortunately, not quite as vibrant. There weren't people walking around the streets in uh, 30 degree weather. But during the summer, I happened to to be there about a year and a half ago in June. And it was, I was pleasantly surprised all the people out and about all the different restaurants, uh, there multiple, um, if you like British pubs, English pubs, Irish pubs, 
Scottish pubs, uh, some great steak restaurants. Uh, I happened to go this past time to a fantastic Italian restaurant there that surprised me that it's just tucked away in, a, in one of the buildings where the food was fantastic. I, I really think our, our attendees will be uh, pleasantly surprised. And uh, if we get lucky and the twins happen to be in town playing, that'll be another perk. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you know, you're absolutely right. And it's really easy in, easy out, great airport, you know, conveniently located in the, in the middle of the U S. So, so it's a great opportunity for a lot of folks. And I also know that you're working very closely with the AGD team who's doing a fantastic job to, to schedule and make that, uh, make that meeting the very best experience for our members, including a lot of fantastic CE, right? Correct. Uh, the CE schedule is packed full. And I, it's going to be a, a fantastic offering. And as always, we, the volunteer leaders, we come up with ideas and we can do some planning, but it, this is a partnership between us and our full-time paid staff, administrative staff, and, and the leadership there in Chicago that we have to work together as a team uh, to make this work. And not only that, of course, it's the highlight of the uh, of the year for the AGD when we when we uh, have our convocation celebration, where we welcome all the fellows and the masters. And I know you're a master, so tell them tell me a little bit about that journey. So that journey took me a while. I got my fellowship in ninety two, three ninety three. So long ago, I forget. And uh, that's when I had re-entered service uh, in the Navy and I was busy moving around and really not able to get all the, all the participation credit I really needed. It, it was difficult for me. And so when I, I got back to my last duty station before I retired, I made it a point to uh, over a couple of years, about a year and a half to wrap that up and get my mastership and fantastic to me, a fantastic personal experience and rich self enrichment process. And again, you have to have the drive to want to do it. And the, the ability to take out of the courses, the participation, self-study to make yourself better. And that's what we're all about. That is what the AGD is all about. And we've got a lot of those great opportunities in Minneapolis um, and, of course, around the country at different master track programs. So uh, for the listeners out there, make sure you avail yourself to that. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about what you had done as a leader, some of the positions and so on and so forth that you held uh, at the AGD. And part of what you do as the president uh, of the academy um, as part of the executive committee is sort of make appointments and things to the leadership. So talk to me a little bit about some of the leadership opportunities that we have at the AGD for our membership? Well, we have leadership opportunities abound, be it a committee member on the, on the national level, be a committee member, a subcommittee member on a council, uh, on the constituent level, it's same thing, participate locally, help out the constituent, help the constituent grow. Uh, get into leadership roles on that level because really that's where the rubber meets the road is on the constituents 
because they're the ones that know their members, know what's going on in their neck of the woods, and can do meaningful things to make the membership important and to make it desirous for the people in the, their local area. No question about it. And, you know, and I've traveled around a lot and I know you've traveled around a lot representing the AGD. And a lot of times folks will come up to you and say, Hey, you know, they have a, a problem, a concern, a question. And, you know, this is one of the ways that you can actually become involved and make a difference and, and sort of, uh, you know, get firsthand knowledge of some of those uh, issues and, and, and help solve some of those problems yourself. Um, and so what about some of the younger dentists out there? I'm sure there's a lot of things that are available for the younger dentists as well, right? So we're always looking for new members and, and younger folks to get involved. How, how about that? We're always looking for, as you said, new members, younger dentists. Uh, and all you have to do is make your desire known. Let the people, let the leadership at your constituent level are those large constituents who have components. Let those leaders know, hey, I'm here. I have an interest in education. I have an interest in advocacy. Uh, I have an interest in uh, advertising communications. What can we do? What can I do uh, to help the organization? Uh, I, I can't know everybody, nor know what everybody wants of our uh, 32,000 ish members. And so make yourself known, uh, make it known to me. Uh, I've had new members reach out to me directly. And at the end of this, uh, I'm happy to provide my telephone number, my cell number and my home email address. So, yeah, thanks for that. So, um, you know, the, for the, for the younger dentists out there is there really is a lot of opportunity um, and whether it be the, uh, you know, the scientific session where we have the new dentist lounge and things like that, where folks can get a, exposed to different things. We also have a leadership development symposium that's run and that's coming up, I think in a, in a few months. Um, tell me a little bit about that. That's, a, that's of course, where the, uh, the younger members and, and new leaders can come in and get trained, right? Absolutely. That's going to be in Chicago, the middle of April. And we're planning a really nice, robust schedule. There are different tracks, breakouts, where people will talk, more experienced leaders will talk to the other group and put them through uh, exercises and talk to them about leadership, about how to help develop a constituent more and how to volunteer. So that's an absolute fantastic way for young people or even anyone to gain more leadership experience when we announce the availability of it it will be announced at the constituent level so you let your constituent leaders know hey i'd like to attend this and there's a process for it and um we'll help you through to get yourself registered it really is a great weekend. It's a great weekend of sort of mentorship and camaraderie and things like that. Um, absolutely. You know, Dr. Romer, you spoke a little bit about advocacy earlier. Maybe tell us a few of the issues that the AGD uh, is working on on behalf of the members from an advocacy standpoint. Well, the advocacy arena is growing. It seems like daily, yearly, 
and we're uh, we're at the AGG coming becoming more involved in the advocacy arena. Last year, we hired a new firm uh, in Washington D.C. Prior to that, our prior uh, lobbyist had retired, and so we look for uh, other options, and we have to find a whole firm that carves out time for us. And what's great about that is they have specialists in every little area. Uh, and they different people know different folks in DC. They have representatives in the firm from the um, from the more conservative side to the more liberal side. So whatever the issue is, they have somebody that is familiar with that for us. So I, I think we're doing really well. Uh, as always, there's always issues that come up advocacy-wise. Uh, the insurance issues uh, to uh, ensure that dentists, general dentists are represented uh, well as new insurance legislation makes its way through Congress. Uh, we were last year when the uh, infamous MATE Act got launched, uh, we missed the boat on that, on finding out that this was, indeed was going to happen. But we spent a lot of effort with our lobbyists and with some of the congressmen in D.C. to figure out a pathway for us to possibly get represented and be able to provide the continued education uh, to satisfy those requirements for the DEA. And that's a work in progress. And as you know, uh, nothing in DC moves very fast. Yeah, you know, of course, mate was a challenge for a lot of organizations out there, but I do, I do know that you, the executive committee, the Dental Education Council with Dr. Hannah Lenskog are working, and, and of course, Colleen Lawler, our executive director, are working really hard on behalf of the membership to try to, you know, provide every opportunity, uh, you know, to, to, to um, bring us up to speed on that, on the mate issue there. You know, there's a lot of challenges out there. That was one of them, of course. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge nowadays for some of the younger dentists that are coming out? Let's say you just graduated school. You've got a lot of debt. There's, you know, there's so many different opportunities in private practice and DSO. What do you think some of the biggest challenges are for these younger members? Well, our younger graduates, as you and I know, who have been practicing for a while, every day there seems to be something new uh, every month a new development and we spend a lot of our time with continuing education learning new techniques new technology so i can only imagine all the all the information that was crammed into my head in four years imagine what's being tried to be crammed in in the same amount of period time period now to these new grads uh, a lot of schools are experiencing lack of clinical time for some of their students, not all, that has been relayed to me. And so it's very incumbent upon uh, dental organizations such as ourselves who represents the general dentist to have programs to help 
provide the new dentist a little extra uh, knowledge and experience in certain areas. Uh, I know most of the young adults that graduate now are graduating with a heck of a lot more debt than I did. Uh, I was lucky I went to a state supported school where back in the days where the states really supported them and gave them a lot of money. So uh, I had the military scholarship program that paid a lot of the expenses. So I was lucky when I left, got out and graduated that I really had no debt to speak of. And I can just imagine now these uh, young dentists graduating Two hundred to eight hundred thousand uh, dollars of debt. You know, a quarter to three quarters of a million dollars is a significant amount of money. Uh, and the the thought process that they're going through, that okay, I want to practice. I want a good practice. I'd like to practice on my own or in a small small. But I have I have this note that I have to pay. So how do I spend another million dollars buying a practice, buying a building, or et cetera? And I know that that could feel monstrous uh, to the new grad, and and I, I really feel I feel for them, and I I would love to figure out a way that we as an organization can help, besides in the education arena, but as you know, everything education and everything else takes money and we have to have membership to have money to do other things. Yeah. I mean, you made so many great points there. I mean, some did the, the debt for some of these young folks is staggering. Like you said, I mean, it may average around half a million. I'm not sure I know it in, in the Northeast it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And, you know, on the other end of that, we're faced with, um, you know, reimbursements that are coming down, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of times, you know, we're faced with insurance and so on and so forth. And it's a big challenge. Um, and, and I don't know the answer to, to, to that, to that problem. Uh, but I do know that, like you said, we've got, we've got an advocacy department, we've got uh, lobbyists and different things like that, that are working hard on behalf of the membership and the general dentists, as well as folks like you and the EC that are, that are, you know, have their eyes on this and are going to help us out. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of issues. Merlin, let me ask you this. So we talked about LDS before and we took, you know, we mentioned that it was a, is a great spot for camaraderie and all that kind of stuff and mentorship. Who were some of the mentors that you had in your career that sort of, you really looked up to and kind of paved the way, uh, in your career? Yeah, that's interesting. So when I was on active duty, uh, there were so many of them because, they would move, I would move, and there were so many, and a lot of times it was like we were ships passing in the night, to use the expression. And it wasn't until <clears throat> when I got back to Jacksonville, Florida, my last duty station, my last five years on active duty, where I knew I was going to retire here, I started getting involved uh, in the local uh, AGD in the Florida AGD, and I I dropped my Region 17 while I was still in the Navy and moved to Florida because I knew I wanted to get involved here. Uh, one of the great one of the great leaders that I had that you know well is Larry Grayhills. 
And uh, it seemed like Larry, Larry was involved in everything and he was a great motivator for me and uh, gave me a lot of guidance along the way. So if there's one person I want to give a shout out to, that's Larry. Yeah. I mean, we always think of AGD, of course, we're known for, for uh, continuing education and advocacy, but really camaraderie and mentorship is a big part of what we do and all the things that we do. So, so that's fantastic. Um, final thoughts. Any final thoughts for the uh, for the members? Uh, final thoughts is uh, wherever you are in your career path, the AGD is there for you. And the leaders that we have now at the state constituent level all the way up to the national level, remember, it all starts with us. We have to show enthusiasm. We have to show energy. And make the AGD a value-added product. And especially for some of our younger members trying to decide, well, am I paying the AGD $600 worth of dues or am I doing this that, are, that have, the, uh, have the debt issue? Uh, we have to show that we're enthusiastic about our product. Our product is the AGD and what it does for you as the general dentist. We have to show enthusiasm for that and the right mentorship to help bring new members along because I know I'm gonna be in the very soon, uh, very time, time soon that I'm gonna be a has-been and I'm gonna go away and I really would like new members, new enthusiastic dentists to follow behind me and make the AGD even better than what it is now. Yeah. Thanks so much for that. Thanks so much for that, Dr. Omer. And you mentioned earlier, you're, you're willing to share your contact information. So if you could do that, yes. that'd be fantastic. Yes. My phone number is 904-233-3601. It's my cell phone. It's I'm uh, like most modern people nowadays is the only phone I have. And it'll, it'll take uh, phone calls and texts. Uh, reach out, let me know who you are. And again, to show my age, my uh, email is M-P-O-H-M-E-R at AOL.com. There you go. You're vintage, <laughs> AOL.com. Good for you. Dr. Umer, thanks so much for coming on the program. We really appreciate that. Love talking to you for this last uh, 30 minutes or so. And listen, we'll have you back on as the year goes on to talk about other important oh, issues. absolutely for the AGD love to have you back. And uh, also like to thank our producer, producer, Kristen Gover. And if you like what you heard, please like, and subscribe to our channel. You can always find us on the AGD app, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple podcasts. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or suggestions, contact us at news at AGD.org. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time.